Hello and welcome to Compasses and Cocoons. My name is Alexandria Taylor, and I am excited to be finally starting my podcast. I've been thinking about doing this for a while, and now seem like the time. So here we are. I wanted this first episode to be a little bit of an introduction about who I am, what the podcast will be about, and what we can look forward to as we journey together. If you're like me, when you start listening to something, you are curious about the background and the life of the person who is bringing you the thoughts and informations and insights, and you want to know about their experience and their lives and how come they feel qualified to talk to you. For me, it's less about credentials and more about the person's background and how I might connect or resonate with them based on my own life. And so I can start by telling you that I am a proud black woman. I was born in Queens, New York, and I grew up since the age of three in or just outside of Richmond, Virginia. That is in the United States for folks who aren't aware. And I felt like I was any sort of normal person. I grew up in church, so that was a huge part of my life. I was a bit of a nerd and I loved to read and write. Uh, From a young age, I wanted to be a writer And I would create stories and write little books. As I got older, I wanted to be a lawyer after reading John Grisham's novel, The Street Lawyer. And by the time I went to college, I was vacillating between being a lawyer and a psychologist because I recognized that most of the people in my life had some issues of some sort that they were dealing with. And me being the person who always wants to help folks, I figured that might be a good way to go about it. I've always been intrigued by psychology and what makes people tick. So I took some psychology classes, but at the University of Virginia where I attended, Those classes are made particularly difficult to help weed people out. And I was one of the people who was weeded (laughs) because for me at the time, grades were a very important measure of who I was and how I saw myself. And since I studied and read and tried and couldn't seem to get more than a C in most of my psychology classes, I felt like maybe I should try a different route. And so I thought about majoring in English or creative writing, but I didn't want to study all of the ancient literature, as I call it, uh, because it just didn't seem relevant to me. And... So I took a religious studies class with a friend 
and fell in love with the analytics and the depth and the perspective. Having been a lifelong Christian to that point, I was curious about the deeper nature and the context in which my beloved Christianity had formed. So I majored in religious studies and focused on Christianity and Judaism because they are obviously closely related. And by the time I was graduating, I sought God's direction for my next steps, and I heard very clearly to go to seminary. I did not want to be anybody's preacher. I didn't really want to go to seminary, but because the universe has a hilarious sense of humor, I ended up doing both of those things. I went to seminary at Virginia Union School of Theology. I got my master's in divinity and took a year off to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Went back and got my master's in Christian education because I've always had a love for children and for teaching and for helping to educate people because that is one of the many ways that it's possible to help other folks. And I became a youth minister for a little while. Some life happened, which I'll get into in the next segment. And long story short, I am now a teacher for special education students. And that is my day job, my side hustle slash ideally life, occupation, vocation um, in the next, hmm, hopefully a little while, will be a non-9-to-5 life coach slash consultant slash tarot reader slash any way that I can help you to navigate your life. I want to do that individual. And of course, that sounds very scattered and off of the wall and very much in opposition to my Capricorn son, which wants all of the organization. Um, But it very much fits my Gemini moon, which (laughs) can't always make up its mind as to the way that we should go um, and wants to check all of the boxes. But, you know, As I continue to evolve, then clarity is a gift that the universe continues to give me, which I am grateful for. Um, And so presently, as I said, I teach by day and am the proud founder, owner, visionary, etc. of Navigate Artfully LLC, where... I help people to affirm, rewrite, and transform their lives through coaching, tarot reading, affirmation art, workshops, goal setting, action plans, etc. So that's a little bit about me in the broad strokes. And in the next section, 
we'll go a little deeper into my spiritual journey and what led me to start this podcast. So let's go a little bit deeper. I grew up in church. It was a black Baptist church in the South. We weren't exactly the frozen chosen, but it wasn't a very charismatic church either. I fully, wholeheartedly believed in God and all of that from a young age. I remember being in my room and just sensing the presence of someone that was not physically there and just calling that God because the context in which I grew up told me that that was God or an angel or the Holy Spirit and it felt like a good presence, a good energy and so that's what I went with. And so when I was about seven or so and the preacher did that call to get saved and whatnot, I remember clearly having a conversation um, and a voice asking me, you know, do you believe in me? And I said, yes. And the voice said, well, go on up. So I said, cool. So I walked up the aisle and as they say, gave my hand to the preacher and my heart to God and haven't looked back since. Uh, So I grew up in this particular church and I sang in the choir, I ushered, I was a missionary, I was in the youth ministry, I was on the step team. If it was a thing, I was there because I felt like If I wanted to connect to God, then being at church and serving and doing all these things was the way to do it, Uh, particularly because that's just what I saw. Um, And I always felt like there was more and there was deeper and there was greater and more vast, especially because of how God has talked about. Then I just knew that if I was at church enough and did enough, then I would connect with this thing that I was seeking. Um, Just before I graduated from high school and was headed to college, there was a youth revival at my church. And as I said, I had this feeling that there was more to God and to this whole religious, spiritual experience than I had seen in church, but I didn't know what it looked like or where to go or how to find it. And so this particular pastor came and he preached and I guess the best way to describe it was that the spirit fell and kids that I had grown up with that had been all sorts of interesting, not always positive towards me, um, nor had I seen any real um, demonstration, I would say, of, you know, spirituality or emotion or anything of that sort. People were falling out, people were crying, 
And for me, it was confirmation that what I had sensed was really true, that there was more than just doing the church stuff, that there was a power that I had always heard about that was possible to see and experience and encounter. I even remember feeling tingling in my hands and in my arms and just knowing that that meant that there was something there, there was something happening. And even if I didn't have words for it or cognitively understand, there was something there. And I was excited to see what that might be. I was excited to get away from the life that I had previously been a part of and um, experience more of the world and possibly see what it was that I had been searching for and feeling and thinking all along. So I get to college and I'm free. I decide I'm not going to go by Alex anymore because, you know, I just wasn't feeling that. I wanted to be a whole different person. And so um, one of my sweet mates in my first year dorm was like, well, I guess we can call you Drea. And I was Drea all throughout college. Um, my college friends still call me that. Um, and I went to parties on the weekend because I was a college student and why not? And I love dancing and I love music. Um, so I spent a lot of time there, but I also joined the gospel choir because as I said, my roots were in church and, you know, even with the rump shaking <laughs> that I was doing, I knew that I had to have some connection to God and to the spirituality that I had grown up with. And between the Black Voices Gospel Choir and the Impact Christian Fellowship, both of which were uh, traditionally Black organizations in a very white college campus, um, I found my home, I found um, comfort and community, and I found more of God than I had ever seen, and I was amazed at how consistently this spirit moved and fell and worked and came through in choir rehearsal in the Impact Fellowship gatherings. I went to conferences in different churches and um, revivals and heard prophets speak to people and saw laying on of hands and so much that I hadn't seen growing up that introduced me to another level of this God, of this Jesus that I had already devoted my life to. I was amazed and intrigued and ready to see even more. And so through my four years, I realized and was told and spoken into between, like I said, the gospel choir, 
the Impact Fellowship, and even the church that I started attending where I joined the dance ministry. Um, had never thought about that. had never seen that as part of who I was or something that I could do, even though I spent three years in show choir, <laughs> singing and dancing. Um, and all of those entities showed me how powerful God could be and could move, um, but also began to show me the power that I had in terms of speaking, in terms of ministering, in terms of being a channel or vessel for the spirit to move and make a difference in other people's lives. And so in some ways, the next logical step was going to seminary and seeing more about this whole ministry thing. And so, yeah, I heard very clearly in the middle of a church service, where am I supposed to go? Law school or seminary? God said, go to seminary. So I said, okay. And I didn't apply right away because I'm hard-headed and because I still wasn't sure that that's what I wanted to do. Uh, but eventually I did, and I got in, and I started seminary that next fall after I graduated, and whew, talk about a change. Um, so at Virginia Union, Dean Kinney was the dean at the time, and his motto unofficially was be who you be and what he was saying was and what the whole process taught was that yes you have been told what to believe we have been you know you've probably grown up in church or been in church for quite a while and have a level of understanding about what this whole Bible thing is and who God is and who Jesus is and what all these pieces mean. But it doesn't make a difference what someone has taught you if you don't feel it and know it and understand it and believe it for yourself in a way that resonates with you. And so they deconstruct and then help you reconstruct what you believe and how all of it comes together for you. And that was a life changing process for me. Um, I came in a very shy, um, reserved, um, soft spoken young woman who was looking to get through seminary because that's what I was told to do. And find, hopefully find my husband, a nice, saved, uh, maybe preacher, and go on with the rest of my life. <laughs> None of those things happened. <laughs> because, once again, the universe has a great sense of humor. Uh, everything that I had been taught to believe was challenged and contextualized and flipped upside down in numerous ways. 
And I began to question, you know, if, for example, in looking at church history, if Constantine decided that the Trinity was going to be the doctrine of the church based on a political alliance that he was trying to make and not based on prayer or the way that it actually was um, or as it was revealed to him spiritually, then why is it that I would believe in the Trinity? Particularly when the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Particularly when, you know, there are other ways of believing and looking at that particular understanding of God. Um, So we want to be monotheistic, but there's this Jesus guy who we also need to be divine. But there's a father because Jesus talks to the father. And there's a Holy Spirit because Jesus said, you know, when I leave, there's going to be a comforter. And so you've got these three folks hanging out, but we're monotheistic because we come from the Jewish tradition and there is one God and that is our context. So how do we have these three individuals and beings, but still only have one God? Oh, wait, let's create a Trinity. Let's say that they are all one. And so, you know, it was questions like that that began to arise and looking at the power dynamics and looking at the way that the church went from a movement within Judaism and a prophet who wanted to provide people another way and give people a different frame of mind and frame of reference for how to interact with other folks and how to live, it going from that into a religion that is martyring and killing people and being the official sponsor, if you will, of an emperor who's taking over countries and lands and people. Yeah, (laughs) I had a hard time with that one. Um, So I was already wrestling with my faith and how I understood things and going to church became difficult because I just had so many questions and so much wrestle. And even though I was teaching children's church at the time, um, I would go and teach children church, children's church on my assigned Sundays. But then I found it difficult to be in the sanctuary and part of the adult service, if you will, just because there was just so much that I was wrestling with. And on top of that, because, you know, it can't ever just be one thing at a time. Um, I also began to wrestle with my sexuality. And because, you know, why not? Um, In high school, I had had a girlfriend. um, And for me, I understood it as I'm reaching out for love because I don't feel loved in my family of origin or by, you know, my, most of my community, most of the people that I know, um, in high school went through, uh, particularly 
difficult time with my father and some of his issues. And so I just wanted to feel loved. And this person reached out and showed love and they just happened to be a female. And so, you know, we dated for about a month um, before the church guilt kicked in. And I was like, nah, I can't do this. Um, You know, it's not right. Blah, blah, blah. And so we broke up and for me, that was the end of it. I didn't understand myself as gay, Um, but in seminary, I met someone who um, understood themselves as open and we talked about their relationship and it brought back some thoughts and feelings of my own. And so as I'm preparing to get licensed as a minister, because, you know, that's one of the things that I said I would not do. And (laughs) there I was in preparation. So at the same time as that process is happening, I am also wrestling with whether I am attracted to women. (sighs) Because again, the universe and its sense of humor. I over about a year or so, (laughs) did reconcile, started to date women, um, even though I definitely tried to continue to be with men because I just knew it would be easier, particularly as a minister. Um, In the midst of this, I went back to school to get my master's in Christian education. And... I then went to my home church and became the youth minister there (laughs) and was gay Um, or beginning to understand myself that way. Started dating someone um, who I eventually married Um, and being with that person, I felt like I needed to be honest about who I was. I then came out to my boss at the time and he decided that I should resign and took me through about a month and a half of just negativity and anger um, before my time there was up. And that that hurt, that hurt a lot. And it solidified a lot of the questions and concerns and issues that I had already begun to have with the church. And so I just, I wanted to stop going. Um, I did stop going for a bit, um, but then my partner at the time, you know, eventually encouraged me to go back and Uh, We went to a gay church together, um, but there lacked the the charisma that I was used to in a black church. Um, We went to a black church together, but the pastor was very conflicted and uh, eventually negative about accepting gay people, particularly in leadership. 
even though um, I had graduated seminary, my partner was in seminary at the time, um, you know, the pastor was adamant that she wasn't going to um, officially acknowledge us or license um, my partner um, because we were, we were gay, we were LGBT. And so um, started going to a church in DC that was, that is both black and gay. Uh, shout out to the Community Church of Washington, DC. Um, pastor Aaron Wade and assistant pastor Delphi Johnson Wilhite. Uh, those are my pastors. Um, and even though I <laughs> live in Richmond and don't get there often, they still show love and care and pray for me. Um, so that's where we began attending um, more officially. Um, and as life has a way of doing, um, we got married, we're together, uh, married about three years, um, and then we split, and that for me was, I think, even bigger than coming out, um, for sure, and I had to really look at my life, look at myself, uh, and really assess why this was happening and what had brought this about, and Ooh, it was difficult. It was definitely uh, difficult, but it forced me to really be honest about a lot of things that I had not with myself. Um, I had never lived by myself before. I had never been responsible for all of my bills before. Um, I had never been an adult prior to... Um, yeah, at all in my life. And so now finding myself in my early 30s and, excuse me, having to start over, um, start from scratch essentially. Um, so that was definitely a struggle, but it opened up a lot. And I believe for sure, is why I'm on the journey that I'm on now in terms of spirituality and seeking and being open and listening. And I think I'm going to stop there for this segment. Um, more about my journey will certainly come out in future episodes. I could talk, of course, for hours about my life and the things that I've learned, um, but that is part of the point of this podcast. So I'll continue in the next segment, um, talking more specifically about why this podcast and what it is that is to come. So compasses and cocoons, I wanted to 
figure out a way to connect my business, navigate artfully with not just a larger audience, but have a different way of releasing and providing an outlet for what I believe is an important story, is an important journey, are important insights and wisdoms. And I definitely want to write a book in the future. Um, I definitely share my insights with my clients and via my business content. Um, But I also know that in this digital age, there are a lot of people who, myself included, uh, listen to podcasts while they're doing dishes or while they're driving or walking. And so I thought this would be another great way to extend the conversation. Because for me, it's not just about I'm going to talk into my phone and people will listen and be so inspired. I mean, obviously inspiration would be great and that is my aim, but I definitely want this to be a conversation and a thing in which we share because I recognize that I don't have all the answers. I am not the guru of gurus and I'm definitely still learning as I navigate this life and where I am and wherever it is that I am going. Um, But I wanted to share in this way um, because I think it's a way to open up conversations that aren't being had necessarily or that might be had in certain spaces but not in others. And I want people to be able to be their authentic selves and speak from authentic places and know that there are other people who think along the same lines and who are having the same wrestles and asking the same questions or people who have been where they are and let them know that it's okay to have these questions or these feelings and that they will be all right and that they can connect with others who feel the same way and that they are not by themselves. I know for me that's big and that's key is knowing that I wasn't by myself when I felt like, okay, I'm feeling like I'm attracted to women, but I'm also becoming a minister and not having seen LGBT ministers when I was growing up. For me, it was a very scary thing to feel like okay, am I the only one? Like, how is this going to go? Is it okay? You know, not necessarily feeling like God would push me away because God and I had some conversations and some arguments and some wrestles through that whole process because of all the things that I'd learned growing up. Um, So it was less about God accepting me and more about finding a place to fit in a belief system that didn't seem to have a place for me. Um, So yes, a big part of this is building community and connecting people who are asking similar questions and looking in similar spaces or looking for 
some understanding as to why they feel the way they do in spite of the things that they've been told and taught. And so compasses and cocoons. As the trailer said, cocoons are all throughout our lives. We find ourselves often in spaces that initially are great, um, but then eventually we grow or we shift and then we outgrow that space and evolve into something different. Um, and so how do we, how do we navigate that? How do we maneuver through a series of cocoons, a series of growth spaces? And that's where the compass comes in. Being that my business is named Navigate Artfully, the logo for such, which was provided by my good friend, Lisa Hall. Shout out to Cat Eyes Inc. She hooked up my logo and made it speak to exactly what I envisioned and wanted it to be. Uh, the compass is a guide, is a tool to help guide and direct and let you know what direction you're going in. So how do I navigate through the cocoons? I need a compass of some sort. I need a reliable, calibrated compass to help me navigate through the series of growth spaces and painful transitions and life events that are here and are part of my journey and I know cognitively are here to help me grow and learn and be my best, but often just feel like way too much to deal with. And so here we are, compasses and cocoons. My goal being to provide some guidance, some compass-like assistance, um, and also some, some challenges toward either getting into the cocoon, making it through the cocoon, or emerging and becoming that new being, that new entity that emerges from the cocoon, a completely different organism than the one that went in. And again, this is a conversation about how we do that. How do we do that individually? How do we do that collectively? And how might I help you? How might you help me? Because again, I do not have all the answers. And so that is why I chose the name Compasses and Cocoons. And I'm looking forward to being in conversation with you all. If you have questions, if you have topics that you want me to talk about and discuss, I am super open because as I said, this is as much about me learning and growing as it is for you. And so, as I said, my major areas are tarot reading. So I do, I do readings I can talk about tarot, what it is, what it means. Um, I've begun studying 
some African traditional religion because, as I said, I am a proud black woman and want to get back to my roots and the spirituality of my ancestors that goes beyond <sighs> European and American Christianity. Um, honoring ancestors and how I do that and what that looks like. Um, I'm actually feeling called to energy work at this point. Um, so all of the different modalities and ways of being and ways of looking at things and thinking about things because there isn't just one way. I believe that whatever name you give to God, divine, the universe, spirit, whoever, however you call them, they are entirely too big, too powerful, and too awesome to be contained in one belief system. And I know that I grew up Christian and that was my jam because that's how I grew up. I grew up in the church, was baptized, dedicated, all those good things. And that's how I understood and saw the world. Across the world, someone else might grow up calling on Allah and believing Muhammad is the great prophet. And I'm not going to knock them for praying multiple times a day and all of their beliefs because that is their context. That is what they believe. And I am not so narrowly focused as to believe that the way that they understand it is wrong. It's just different. And I believe that that's okay. And so in future episodes, we can have conversations and discuss all of these things. And I am so excited and looking forward to your thoughts and your questions and the things that help you or the things that challenge you and how we might help each other and work through those together. So I think this is a good place to end. I think this is a good place to sign off and I'm probably going to go to bed soon because it's close to 11 when I'm recording this. Um, but I do want to close with an affirmation um, because I do believe in the power of words and the power of affirmation. And so let's just take a moment, take Three centering deep breaths, breathing in and breathing out, breathing in and breathing out. And in this last breath, as you're breathing in, thinking of the peace that you want to receive in this moment, breathing in and breathing out, releasing 
any fear that may be creeping in as you venture into something new. And the affirmation that comes to mind as I close for today. I am. It's just that simple. Because sometimes where we have to start isn't all of the great platitudes or all of the awesome, wonderful traits, but really acknowledging simply that I am and the power that comes with that. You are here. You exist. And because you exist, because you were divinely created and shaped and given life and breath and purpose, then you are worthy. You are worthy of love and respect simply because you exist. And so today, your affirmation is simply, I am. And if you choose to fill in the blank with a word that resonates, that calls to you, feel free. I am loved. I am amazing. I am worthy. I am worth the effort that it takes to do what I need to do. I am. I am. And as I close, remember always whenever possible, however you can, to navigate artfully, affirming, rewriting, and transforming your life and those around you.